Today's exciting episode features a conversation with authors Stephen Mark Rainey and Catherine Crestman. But before we get to the show, I want to tell you about the extension of the deadline for Our Shadowed Past, Volume 2. Bob Issel is still accepting submissions. The deadline has been extended to October 20th, 2023. And you can write to Bob and ask him for the writer's guidelines. But uh, basically, Our Shadowed Past is a book compilation of uh, memories shared by fans of Dark Shadows. Uh, Volume 1 is magnificent. It's now available on a Kindle version on Amazon. Uh, I highly encourage you to check that out. But you can write about topics such as when you began watching the show, Were you influenced uh, by the show? Uh, Did you watch it with family or friends? Was your favorite character, storylines? Did you collect the merchandise, etc.? Basically, memories of Dark Shadows. It's a whole compilation. It's fantastic, and he's doing a volume two. So if you want to submit to it or you want to uh, find out more and get the guidelines for submission, uh, the email address you want to write to is bobubas, B-O-B-U-B-A-S 59 at gmail.com. B-O-B-U-B-A-S-59 at gmail.com. Night has fallen, and the time has come to experience Terror at Collinwood, a podcast dedicated to the iconic gothic television series Dark Shadows. Terror at Collinwood explores the hidden secrets within the sinister walls of the Collins estate. Hosted by two-time Rondo Award-winning television horror hostess Penny Dreadful, the podcast features interviews and in-depth discussions with fans and creators as they examine the cursed characters and supernatural storylines of that creepy classic, Dark Shadows. Beware the night and the restless dead who wail on Widow's Hill, and prepare yourself for Terror at Collinwood, a Dark Shadows podcast. Available at terroratcollinwood.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Seance, The I Ching, or wherever you get your scary podcasts. Welcome to Terror at Collinwood. I am your hostess, Danielle, a.k.a. Penny Dreadful, and I am very excited by my guests today. Uh, It's going to be a feline festival here we're going to have because uh, we're going to be talking about The Weird Cat, which is a new anthology edited. There it is, edited by Catherine Karestman and S.T. Joshi and features more than three dozen short stories, poems, and essays by classic and contemporary masters of horror, including my guests today returning to the podcast, acclaimed authors and Dark Shadows fans, Catherine Cressman and Stephen Mark Rainey. Welcome back to Terror at Collinwood. It's great to have you both back. 
Well, Michael, I thank you. And uh, 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 Frazier decided to to join in. Uh, yes, special guest Frazier. <laughs> that is so adorable. Frazier's so for the familiar. for your familiar, yes, yeah. For yeah. the uh, for the audio listeners, uh, the Mark has uh, a delightful little friend uh, perched on his yeah. shoulder, kind of leaning on your shoulder over your chest. Uh, there, he is my official writing assistant. I mean, anytime I'm at the computer trying to write, he's either this way or he lies across my lap with his paws up on the keyboard, which means I have to do a lot of editing of cat words. H.P. Lovecraft wrote letters about how he would Uh, write with a cat lying on his forearm. (laughs) He didn't want to move and disturb the cat. Yeah. Yeah, Um, He may may pop back up here. We shall see. Yeah. Yeah, Lovecraft was definitely a big uh, cat person. uh, For sure. sure. Yeah. So uh, how how have you both been? It's been a little, uh, by Catherine I had on not too long ago for the 1840 episode we did with Amanda and Mark. I had, it was, it's been a while now, about a year maybe since you were on uh, that, Rick, that Rick Lay. Sounds right. But yeah, I'm really, really happy to come back. And uh, I was telling you earlier that uh, my wife and I have just moved back into my old childhood home. So uh, I'm sitting in the room where I used to watch Dark Shadows every afternoon, at least as long as we, you know, I was uh, when we finally got cable and I was actually able to watch Dark Shadows in 69, but the TV was right there and I was sitting right over here and, uh, you know, just watching the Leviathan right? by Barnabas and everything in this yeah. very room. So it just feels right, you know? Yeah. And it was the Leviathans that you that It year. was. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I know I've mentioned that before, but um, I didn't get to watch Dark Shadows regularly until like 69 because the only ABC affiliate here didn't didn't carry it until you get till we had cable. And then 69, we got cable. So I was able to start watching Dark Shadows regularly. Yeah. And um, here we are. That's so cool. <laughs> and Catherine, how have you been? Fine. Thank you. Enjoying yeah. the summer. Yes, yeah, yeah. We're we're in the the embers of summer now, in uh, late August as of this recording. So we're heading into fall, which uh, I think a lot of Dark Shadows fans that that may be their favorite season. Indeed, <laughs> the fall. Uh, so um, there's uh, the the you both uh, were involved in this new book that's coming out, and I want to hear all about it. Uh, it's called The Weird Cat, and in looking over the list of writers and poets in this book, I was just really blown away by the who's who here, uh, the the likes of H.P. Lovecraft, William Blake, William Butler Yeats, Lewis Carroll, Ambrose Bierce, Algernon Blackwood, the list goes on and on. So so many great names. And Mark wrote a piece for it. Catherine, you edited this with S.T. Joshi, noted H.P. Lovecraft scholar uh, as well. Uh, So tell me a little bit about this book, what is it all about? Uh, clearly, it's cat themed. So, what's what's the deal with this? Well, um, it, St. suggested um, he's he's published a number of my works, and he suggested we um, do this project together. And he gave me license to invite whom I pleased. So I thought of my dark shadows um, pal, um, Mark Rainey. We don't know each other very well, but I've read all his dark shadows works, and um, I was also looking for uh, 
classic authors to join with our modern writers. And I did an all, a lot of research, a lot of hours looking for little published works by these great names. Not the same thing you see all the time, like Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat, but you will um, probably read a lot of works by these great writers that you haven't read before because they're the side Bs of the 45s and really great stories. The All the writers, the living writers anyways, and most of the dead ones are cat lovers. No cats are um, the bad guys in our stories. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, because I mean, uh, I guess, Cats have this reputation uh, in, you know, uh, folklore, you know, stealing babies' breath and being witches' familiars and all of this. So it's it's cool that you have a, a heroic take on the cat. For, for well, I have an essay in this book also, which I presented at the Horror Writers Association called Cats in the Occult, a Canthropology. It's about how cats today still suffer from their historic association with witches um, from when the Pope and the... Uh, Middle Ages said that all black cats were Satan incarnate to thousands and thousands and thousands of cats being burned alive along oh. with the witches in the Middle Ages. From the Malleus Maleficarum to the popular writers of the early 20th century when the occult was the thing again, uh, the cats have been stereotyped as evil and um, the familiars of evil witches. Most of the witches I've met who have non-human animal familiars have rescues and those are their best friends and they aren't out to steal babies' breaths or do any harm. So, yes, right. cats still suffer from that, um, yeah. that yeah. stereotype. They're, they're just out to stop you from, from writing yeah. or <laughs> yeah. to your keyboard. <laughs> no, you know, if you have to hold your hands up over him, that's ergonomically better. <laughs> yes. uh, do, no, 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 no. Walk Fra like Fraser just wants to. If I leave, it's because he probably walked on something. <laughs> so, Mark, what um, what did you write for this? What was your piece about for this? Um, my story is called Nimbus, which is actually the name of the cat. Uh, and I started out thinking I wanted to do something related to Lovecraft's Dreamlands. I've done a number of uh, stories that uh, they're, they're sort of a loose interpretation of Lovecraft's Dreamlands. But given uh, Lovecraft's affinity for cats and my own affinity for cats, I wanted to... Um, do one that was uh, emotionally um, powerful, uh, something that really played on my personal fears, especially, you know, if something happening to an animal I love and and literally the heroic nature of, of this animal. And so when I uh, read it out loud to my wife, um, I, I always read something I've written. I always read it out loud to my wife because she's a great editor and helps me make sure that I, I haven't mucked up the works. 
but at the end of this story, she was in freaking tears. And I'm like, okay, that it's, it, it works. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. good tears, you know, like, wow. Kind of tears and stuff, so. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was surprised to see uh, among the names, Lewis Carroll, like, I mean, I, I just did not, it didn't occur to me that it was that he would wrote a cat themed story was it or what or, well or was it the cheshire cat was it like something from, cat. oh it was the cheshire cat okay i was gonna say okay um because i hadn't hadn't heard of that I, I love alice in wonderland and through the looking glass so good good choice there um what else can we expect from this this book uh can you talk a little bit uh like where where can we find it where is it it's amazon amazon barnes and noble uh it's been number one on Amazon's in its pre-release uh, in the in two categories, classic and anthology and another anthology c category, and number five in horror as well. Wow. A lot of the authors are um, equally amazed as you to find themselves numbered among the great writers. And let's see, let me look at this table of contents. We have... Um, Ramsey Campbell. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Dunsany. Yeah. Caitlin Kiernan. Oh, yeah. 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 Rudyard Kipling. On, oh, yes. Uh, the um, semi domestication of the cat as opposed to other critters. And, and I've invited another Dark Shadows friend, Michael Potts. He's got a poem in there called Bad Cats. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and when. Alan Dean Foster heard about our project. His agent inquired if he could be in our book. And I was wow. like, well, yes. <laughs> wow, cool. <laughs> so, I mean, it's generated a lot of excitement, even though it's still um, only on pre-order. It comes out on the 18th of October, but you can pre-order it through Amazon and perhaps Barnes & Noble, too. I don't know if they're taking pre-orders, but it will be available there. Okay, so, I, yeah, I will definitely... And when I went to StokerCon and told people about my editorial debut with this book, I had all kinds of authors asking, could they be in it? But it was too late by that Oh, time. that means a volume two has yeah, to come out. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe the dog anthology. Will, will there be? <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be cool to have a panel about this too at um, uh, Necronomicon in Providence. I don't know if either one of you have ever been to that. It's every other year they have that. I, I have not. Uh, yeah. I would sure like to, but I, I tell you, uh, it's hard to make travel plans these days because my, my wife and friends, we like to go on a big trip somewhere. We're going to Alaska in a few weeks. Oh, wow. Um, so I have to sort of stagger uh, cons yeah. and things that I can get to on a regular basis, but I would love to hit Necronomicon sometime. I am going to plan to go to StokerCon next year. I've never been to Stoker. Yeah, cool. I'll see you at Scares That Cares in Williamsburg, too. And yes, yes. Oh, wow. I'll be there. Uh, that's what? Is that March? April. April, yeah. But I, I have not had the opportunity yet to go to Providence for the for the um, Necronomicon. I have yeah. been to Lovecraft sites in Providence. Yeah. But um, I am going to be at the HP Lovecraft Film Festival in Portland, Oregon oh. in October. ST... And I will be on a panel on Lovecraft and cats there. And we also will be throwing a launch party for our book. Oh, great. Fantastic. Is, is ST a Dark Shadows fan, perchance? 
No, unfortunately. Uh, um, but I met him through Dark Shadows because you know, we have talked before about how Dark Shadows plots are based on the literary classics. Yeah. And when I read that the Leviathan storyline was based on the Call of Cthulhu and on the Dunwich Horror, I read Lovecraft for the first time. And of course, I've read all his stories many times since. But Dark Shadows brought me to Lovecraft and through publishing Lovecraftian stories, I met Esty mm -hmm. and we developed our working relationship. I see. Okay. And when, uh, when I had you on, Mark, with Rick Lay, we talked about the Leviathans and we talked about the Lovecraft influence on the Leviathan storyline, but also Rick threw some uh, Robert E. Howard in there, which I was really surprised about. That, that one I, was, I wasn't aware of. Uh, and he, he talked a bit about how Robert E. Howard, maybe they were, Dan Curtis maybe had an anthology with some of those authors or something i don't know Possibly. i mean they like they borrowed from so much and mm. uh, clearly dug deep for many things and yeah. and then too i think a lot of it uh of what they did just sort of grew naturally out of that source material they picked up and uh sometimes i don't you know i don't know how much they really borrowed and how much was coincidence because you know they were cranking this stuff out just like boom sure. boom boom uh, yeah. to meet deadlines and all Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and some of that stuff was just, I mean, over the years, they may have just picked up on it from watching movies and things. But Dun Dunwich Horror, I think, is clearly big Definitely inspiration for Leviathan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, speaking of uh, being inspired uh, and Dark Shadows being writers being inspired by different things, uh, you are both writers who were inspired by Dark Shadows. And I know you both wanted to talk a little bit about how Dark, Dark Shadows has inspired you creatively uh, over the years. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that from both of you. I want to start. <laughs> you want to start oh, there? Okay, yeah. yeah, whoever wants to go. For, yeah. List here. Um, houses probably is the main thing. I'm really into houses. I love interior design. I'm just crazy about period rooms. My house is mostly 18th century French with some English library. And um my my bedroom looks like Josette's a little, you know, in in, uh -huh. in um, atmosphere, not exactly like it. So houses as living characters is very important to me, and also a lot of the horror tropes, the classic plots. Um, I I think those first came to me when I was just starting kindergarten through Dark Shadows, and then. When I found, as is with Lovecraft, when I found out about some of the antecedents, it took my reading in those directions. I tend to always look at the source material for the books I read. I go back further. And when it all comes together within um, in Dark Shows, bridging the old Gothic and the new cosmic weird horror, um, the we have the uh, classics Frankenstein and some Dracula in there, but um, the woman in white, but it, that's changed mostly in dark shadows. It's not, no, it is no longer the good, bad, God, evil dichotomy. Um, we have no, no one is a devout believer in God. And from the Radcliffian ghosts to the Leviathans and the old ones, all forces in dark shadows are the same. 
they they're they're not on lined up on the heaven and hell side they're forces and it all depends on the personality of the person wielding the force whether it's for good or for evil so and then the last thing on dark shadows inspiration is about when i started writing um i have you know um, degrees some phd courses toward my in english um, doctorate but it's, it had been a long time since i wrote anything and when i started writing again about five years ago my first piece was um my gothic interior some dark shadows fan fiction that was published in retro fan so um dark shadows literature has really really um influenced my life great my fantastic and how about you mark well i love that you brought up houses because um you, you talk about the interior. I always have had an affinity for various types of architecture and the houses in Dark Shadows from Seaview, particularly Lyndhurst, the uh, Lock, Lockwood Matthews Mansion in Connecticut. These, these houses, to me, uh, have their own personality, the, the character. And one of the things as a kid that I uh, sort of, took from my affinity for these things is that in right out here in this neighborhood uh which is an older neighborhood it's not you know it's not a modern subdivision or anything like that this this is a neighborhood that grew organically many many years ago um early mid 20th century and so there are some just gorgeous houses and i remember as a kid I would take walks through the neighborhood and I still actually kind of like to do that and go, wow, that house right there reminds me of the old house. That one looks a little bit like a miniature version of Collinwood. Uh, and as I started writing, uh, you know, I, I started in the mid eighties uh, writing and, uh, you know, got into writing professionally not long after uh, one of the things I've always focused very hard on is setting. And a lot of times the setting involves either houses themselves or landscapes, um, even towns like in the, the cat story. I actually did set it in Arkham. I hadn't originally meant to do that, but it just seemed inevitable once I actually got to writing it. Uh, so uh, I went back and looked at a lot of old artist conceptions of Arkham, you know, uh, looked up passages where uh, in Lovecraft, you know, where uh, there was some physical description. One of my absolute favorite descriptions of settings, the opening of the Dunwich Horror. It, there's this long paragraph that tells you about, you know, uh, when a traveler uh, takes the wrong turn at Dean's Corners, you know, and it goes into this just morbidly atmospheric description of Dunwich that as a as, certainly as a young writer that that really, really inspired me to focus on setting that serves as another character. Uh, the setting's not just a, a, a nameless background. It becomes an integral part of, of the writing. And uh, I, like I said, I, I very much credit Dark Shadows with sort of sending me in that direction. Mm -hmm. I and agree. Later. Yeah. Later. 
Yeah. Um, then the, the those uh, images of uh, houses of architecture are very also symbolic. That sort of Gothic metonymy. That's that's this means something more than than what it is. You know, this that symbolic, ominous, brooding mansion. You know, and the and the tragedy that takes place within uh, that mansion. Uh, another thing that uh, Catherine mentioned that I really love is that. And it was similar for me in that Dark Shadows kind of led me to uh, read all of these stories and uh, novels that inspired the storylines in Dark Shadows. My uncle was a big fan of classic horror. So, you know, he introduced me to Dark Shadows and, and classic horror films as well from Universal and Hammer. Um, but he also gave me a book of Poe stories, you know, and Dark Shadows pulled uh, some stuff from Poe, like the Cask of Amontillado and Pit and the Pendulum, etc. Uh, but um, I wish more Dark Shadows fans would look at Dark Shadows in that context, like look at the antecedents and the tapestry that Dark Shadows created from all of those things and reimagined in its own universe. Like uh, Catherine said, the the concept of good and evil in Dark Shadows there there are a lot there's a lot of gray area with a lot of the, those characters too you know uh, you know barnabas can be very heroic but he can also be very villainous and dangerous too like there's, there's a there are it's, it's an anti-hero there's a mix of interesting qualities there with all of those characters um so it's and it was a big innovation i think w in terms of you know making those characters the monsters the the other the protagonists of the series uh that's how it developed over time which is now i think a lot of people take that for granted when they watch genre television and things like that that it's that's there are a lot of shows where that's the case so uh i i do encourage dark shadows fans to kind of look at the overall picture in terms of the gothic and dark shadows's place in that yeah um, a lot of other shows have riffed on Dark Shadows, you know. Um, oh yeah. Starting with um, Anne Rice, it's like the the vampire who's a prisoner and telling a story, and um, and it, it is reluctant vampire. So right. The be talking about Hammer though. I recently um, bought part of a delicious liquidated collection of some rare horror DVDs and found a Hammer House of Horrors collection. And the name of one is Visitor from Beyond the Grave. Catherine Lee Scott's in there. Yes. Yep. <laughs> find her there. When I wrote my first book, um, which includes the Dark Shadows houses uh, and a lot of other houses that I traveled, it's Creepy Cats Macabre Travels. And um, I love walking into those houses where these stories took place. Mm. When I wrote that first book, she she was kind enough to put it on her Facebook page too, and she recommended me to um, Jim Beard for his Running Home to Shadows. So oh, um, she's been a really great help as I began a new writing career too. Fantastic, yeah, yeah. She's I've, I've had her on the show before too. I got to bring her back on at some point, but she's going to be at Lindhurst. Speaking of Dark Shadows houses in October with Marie Wallace, the two of them are doing an appearance there for I think it's October twenty first and twenty second. I want to say of twenty twenty three. So um, if you go over to the Lindhurst website, which I will put a link to, you can um, register to attend that event because it's 
going to be, I'm sure it's going to be really cool. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the Dark Shadows uh, conventions, festivals happening anymore. So uh, these kinds of things are sort of the next best thing, you know, to to that experience. So uh, hopefully folks will go to that. And it's at Lindhurst, which is really cool. When I first wrote uh, the first Dark Shadows novel that Beth Massey and I wrote, which was Dreams of the Dark, I knew yes. it was going to be set in Collingwood that looked like Seaview, but at the same time, I had never been to, well, I've never been to Seaview yet, but I'm about to. Um, but I so wanted to go to Lyndhurst. I've always loved that particular architecture. And so when I uh, set about writing Dreams of the Dark, I figured, you know what? It's about an eight hour drive to Lyndhurst. I'm going to go do it. So I went and spent a few days and wandered the grounds. It was, um, I got there actually the day, it was the day before opening day uh, in 1998, spring of 1998. So I literally had the grounds of the place to myself. There was wow. another living human being. So talk about a transcendent experience. I wandered the woods, saw all the, the buildings, the, the house itself. Uh, I actually got a private tour of, of Lindhurst from one of the ladies who uh, was working there. And, you know, we got to talking about it. She goes, well, come on in and I'll take you to some of the spots that aren't usually on the tour. The only place in the house I didn't get to go up in was the uh, tower because it was under construction. It was under construction at the time for maintenance. But uh, boy, I, I so loved that. So a lot of the grounds, you know, because you don't really in the show, you never see that much of the grounds other than like still photos that they've, uh, you know, that they incorporated. So my descriptions of the grounds were absolutely um uh, based on the geography of Lyndhurst because it's such a beautiful, beautiful estate. And it really feels like what the grounds of Collinwood should feel like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that you did, did sort of a hybrid there. That That's really cool. Um, yeah. I know uh, Ken, Kenneth Bruce Bald, who illustrated the newspaper comic strip for Dark Shadows, he would sometimes combine certain things of both mansions in his, in his artwork. So uh, that was really cool too. And you also did, we when, when, when I had you on, we talked about Dreams of the Dark and also uh, the Big Finish audios uh, oh, that, yes. you, that you worked on as well. Um, are there any official Dark Shadows projects on the horizon that either one of you are involved in that you can talk about? <laughs> not, not I. Um, okay. I, if anybody wants to invite me, please do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had, uh, you know, I did three of the uh, big finish audio dramas and at the end of the third one, uh, they were going through some transitions with the company and it, and it was very, very hard to, uh, to get paid for one thing. Oh <laughs> so, no, uh, uh, that's not cool. I, I think things are a lot better on that count. I don't really know, but I, I've never uh, really explored going back in there since they have a certain continuity. I've listened to a lot of the big finish audios, but there's a lot I haven't heard either. So if, you know, if, if a true opportunity arose to work in that again, I would. I, I definitely. Well, yours was but definitely I haven't actively something. pursued it. I have not pursued 
yours were definitely some of my favorite ones. Um, well, thank well, thank I, I genuinely mean that I really enjoyed uh, your uh, big finish audios and some of the, I mean, the, the more recent ones, I mean, they haven't done them in a while. I feel like the tone has, is, has changed too much. It doesn't feel gothic and, and that was my sense from a couple that I, the more recent ones, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, which ones they were, but yeah. I absolutely agree. Yeah, that I mood. I, and I, I think I've listened to all of them. And mm-hmm. um, I like the ones that are close to Dark Shadows. And mm-hmm. there are many that have gone far, far from it. Yeah, it just the tone feels off to me. Uh, it is great hearing the actors uh, reprise their roles. Don't get me wrong. But I, yeah. I'd like if they bring it back, I hope they will kind of steer it back in, in that direction again. Um you also um, both contributed to Running Home to Shadows, which I really enjoyed um, a lot. And I'm, uh, uh, you know, really grateful that that book exists. But there's also our Shadowed Past, which I loved. And Mark, you did the design work on I did, that. And yeah. it was magnificent design well, on that. Yeah. Thanks. Bob Issel had, uh, you know, he had asked if I would contribute a piece to it. And he sent me some mock-ups that he had done about the kind of look he was going for. And I said, well, you know, my day job is doing graphic design and I do pages. You know, I I said, I I can probably pop out some of these pages in half the time that it takes him to do a mock-up of the thing. So I put a few of the pages together and a few different styles and things to see, uh, what he might like and before i knew it i had been drafted to, <laughs> right. to uh do the production work on it but i it was it was a big job it, it turned out to be twice the, the book turned out to be twice the size he had originally anticipated mm-hmm. uh and he was hoping for, for a specific deadline and i said there's just no way you know that i can get it quite by that deadline but i did get it done a week later than that deadline, which by then he, you know, he, this was all fairly informal as far as the schedule and everything goes, but I had a blast doing it. The only thing is I had to give my wrists a break for about a week after that. Cause man, it was intense. It oh was yeah. Intense work. <laughs> yeah. Car- carpal tunnel. I mean, that's, yeah, that yeah, could lead sure. to that, you know, and you know, and in my day job, like I said, I was doing that mm-hmm. eight hours a day Ooh. anyway. Yeah, yeah. He's doing a volume two now. So the yes, volume one we, is now available on Kindle. Yeah, which you can down, get on Amazon on Kindle, but there's a volume two that's uh, being worked on now. So uh, they're accepting, Bob is accepting submissions for that. Yeah, I just I just turned in my essay to him, which actually involves the first Dark Shadows Fest that I Oh, went that's to, a great which idea. Was right before Dreams of the Dark came out, it was... Uh, the 1999 fest at the world trade center in New York. And mm-hmm. part of the power of the memory of that was that, you know, it was the first time I had been to the world trade center and I was just so grateful to have been able to go there and see it under such great circumstances yeah. uh, before it was not possible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Catherine, I know you went to the festivals. You did cosplay. The last two. The last two. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's fair. I, I went to two of them. I wish I I tried to get, to, I've said it before but on the podcast, I tried to go to the 2016 one, but it was sold out. Uh, and that was the last one they, they ever did. 
I, I can't believe it's been so long. Let's have some more Dark Shadows. Fest. I know. Yeah. This yeah. year was, I think, the 57th anniversary. So it's not too far off uh, for the the 60th anniversary so uh hopefully they will do uh, another well, y'all are old i'm not old what's that maybe we could have a march on lindhurst or seaview there we go there we go <laughs> um getting back to to the cat theme a little bit we had there was one cat on Dark Shadows that was a, that was a great performance by Joshua the cat that, that transformed Joshua. Uh, does anybody know that cat's name? I've always wanted to know. I uh, know. No, no? no. Anybody? If if anybody listening knows the name of the cat who was the transformed Joshua on Dark Shadows, let me know. I don't think that's ever been stated anywhere. I'm curious if that was like where that cat even came from. Like it was you know. <laughs> like Clary's well, Blackbird. Who, who knows? Cat. Might have been a crew member's cat. You know, right. I, yeah, that's no what idea. I was thinking. I'm like, I wonder if that's the case. Um, well, it, well, the kitty cat was at home on the set. Yeah, for sure. Yes. And if if Joshua was going to be turned into a cat, that is exactly what he would look like. It was the perfect transformed cat, Joshua. Um, the uh, idea of uh, when I had Mark B. Perry on here. Uh, who's working on the Dark Shadows reincarnation, although with the writer's strike uh, right now, I don't think there's much progress on that front. But if that happens, one thing he dropped uh, as a hint was the idea of uh, doing a version of Cat People, which I thought was interesting because Dark Shadows never did the Val Luton film, uh, which if anybody hasn't ever seen Val Luton's uh, horror films, they're really quite uh fascinating and uh artistically done um it, they were contemporaries to the sort of the 1940s era universal horror films but the tone of those val luton films was not as blood and thunder i guess as the as the universal films they were a little more subtle and cat people was definitely one of the better ones i think yeah. i haven't seen that one since i was a kid i probably ought to avail myself to it yeah. they remade it there was a remake of yeah in the was it 80s, around 1980 i think with nastasia kinski and yes. Bell, which uh was it was quite a different type of film you know very very graphic uh bloody as hell i enjoyed it uh, but the the original is a classic the the later cat people was uh entertaining in its way the body the body snatchers another one i walked with a zombie that was that one i i liked a lot too uh, uh val luton's movies um any uh i guess any closing thoughts any other thoughts you could either one of you have on in terms of dark shadows or this upcoming anthology um anything else you want to add well i really appreciate uh being able to be a part of it because it you know apart from the great company i'm keeping here the <laughs> opportunity to to do a uh, meaningful cat story. I think it's easy to do a joke cat story or a lighthearted cat story. Uh, but to, to do one that really drew on uh, some, some pretty powerful nerves in, in here, I just, uh, I can't think of any other market that I would have ever been able to do that for. So for me, that was just a real, a real joy. And I'm so glad that, uh, that it, was you know deemed worthy of uh, being included and i thank you for that karis and st too you're quite welcome we loved your story 
Um, the this book is written by people who respect the cat, respect the power, know that they know things we don't know. Uh, we respect cats for not uh, being dogs. Alan Dean Foster sent me a cartoon, a, a cat and a dog before God on Judgment Day, and God asked the dog, have you been a good dog? And he says, yes, I've been begging and I've been obedient. And he says, what about you, cat? And the cat says, you're sitting in my chair. <laughs> we respect cats for their independence they are not our property they have their own lives to live they know things we don't know mm -hmm. and they they see a world we don't see and they love us when they want to they, okay. they not because they have to Oh, and dogs, they said the keyboard and type their own too. stories when you're trying to tell when you're <laughs> these are the same reason some people hate cats. This is, these are why we love cats. Uh, well, I love both cats and dogs, but I have a dog. But uh so don't judge. Uh I will maybe one day I'll do a dog episode <laughs> of the podcast. Well, so, I'm a I'm I'm just a critter person. I love I love animals in, in general. You know. Oh, I, I, I love all animals too. Just the cat the most. It's your right. favorite. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Although some of, some of these guys I'm about to throw up my hands with here. Because <laughs> having moved into the newer place, you know, we've only been settled here about a month and the guys are still trying to uh, establish their own boundaries and territories. And sometimes it gets pretty ugly in there. <laughs> Lysol. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'd love to see, um, that just came to mind, Jim Beard, when he was on this podcast, said at one point he pitched a Dark Shadows uh, anthology of short stories by different authors. And I thought that was a really cool idea. Um, and they declined, I think it was Tor uh, uh, declined, and uh, declined. And he said, you know, Laura Parker could write a, the lead story in the book, et cetera. But they said that anthologies just in general don't sell very well, uh, which is disappointing because I think a, a Dark Shadows anthology with stories by authors such as yourselves would be really cool. Um, yeah, well, you know, um, James Aquilone just had a uh, 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 award-winning Kolchak anthology come out. Yeah. Another, you know, originally a Dark uh, Dan Curtis property. Yep. And I had a story in the, uh, the Kolchak book. So that thing it it was it sold well you know like i said it, it won three awards or uh, uh stoker uh rondo and yeah. something else um so i i don't know that tells me that there there really could be a a, a good market for for a anthology of dark shadow stories i'd sure like to see it happen uh, well the weird cat is getting a, a big buzz we before it's even out. So there are people who are looking for anthologies in their interest areas. Yeah. So yeah. I, so I, there, there, that's proves, proves that they, you know, that there is interest in this kind of thing right there. So, um, and I, I have no doubt that a dark shadow, dark shadows anthology uh, anchored by uh, some key authors, like the two of you and Hey, you never know. Like I, Stephen King was a dark shadows fan. Maybe never know Anne rice was the late Anne rice was a dark shadows fan too so i mean there are definitely uh writers out there who i think would be interested in contributing something to that uh rich uh, uh rich uh hanley 
I yeah. bet I bet he he would uh, throw a Charles Rutledge vaguely or several people that I think would be interested in contributing to that. Mark Dewitziak, he wrote a, p a piece in one of the Kolchak anthologies as well, where Barnabas meets Kolchak, which was really cool. That well, was maybe I'll come up with my own proposal for the darn thing and pitch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Please <know>. do. Please do. <laughs> if I you want to see. Mm -hmm. I just say I had also had that idea, but I didn't know if Dan Kerr's productions would be um, willing to. They, they can be pretty dicey to deal with in my experience. <laughs> That's what I heard. I, yeah. I've heard, like, you know, I've heard that before. So, yeah. Well, make folks if you're listening to this and you'd like to see a Dark Shadows anthology of short stories, make some noise. You know, uh, post about it in the comments on YouTube or post in Facebook groups that you want to see these sorts of things. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think the Dark the Dan Curtis folks are really active very much on social media. I don't know if they would would see stuff like that. I don't know how the message could be conveyed to them. Uh, but uh, I think if enough people want something like that, it'll get back to them. Through a dream curse. The dream curse, yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, I want to do an episode about uh, the, I uh, found the novel that inspired the dream curse finally. And I, it's been in plain sight the entire time. It's called The Dreamers. So I want to do an episode about that. Um, Ron Sprout pointed it out uh, that that was the the writer Ron Sprout from Dark Shadows had said so at the Dark one of the Dark Shadows festivals and I had been looking for a while but Dan Silvio of Shadows of the Night the the old fanzine he's, he's very active on social media he pointed me to that so I, I was able to get a copy of that and it's clearly it was the inspiration for the dream curse so I definitely want to do an episode on that uh novel at some point but um yeah. So anyway, sorry, I went off on a tangent there. Um, it was a good tangent. <laughs> I get excited by these things. Uh, so uh, it's great to see you both again. Thank you for taking the time to uh, join me this afternoon to talk about the weird cat. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Can I throw Absolutely. in one more thing? A, a, yeah. a message to all the Barbie girls out there. Um, in the December issue of Retro Fan Magazine, I have an article on the history of Barbie. Oh, cool. Okay. I haven't seen the new uh, movie yet with Margot Robbie. Was Have you seen it? Is it any good? No, I haven't seen it either. Okay. But, uh, um, mine is written uh, to the those who grew up on Barbie, are oh. the same, same cohort that grew up on Dark Shadows. Okay. Oh, very cool. Well, congratulations. And it goes to the present, but it, mm -hmm. it's about, you know, Barbie's always been uh, generation ahead. Um, she went to the moon before the astronauts did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is Retrofan and Retrofan magazine, you said? The December issue. Yeah, she's uh, All those social concerns people have now, Barbie's already dealt with them. She's, <laughs> she, little black girls and little white girls played Barbie together in their party dresses in 1961 commercials. You know, it, this is Barbie's always been progressive and she's always been beautiful and wore cool clothes. So, um, we that's should, good. they should make an uh, Angelique Barbie. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of um, interest, special interest Barbies. And Angelique, oh, I don't know. They, they did a bewitched one, I think, at one point, didn't they? I think they did a yes. bewitched I Barbie. I want a gothic series, the uh, um, Countess Barbie, the vampire, and uh, 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 I have a Barbie tied at the stake with kindling at her feet that I made for. <laughs> <laughs> I won't I won't tell Angelique that. <laughs> uh, I have a somebody gave me as a gift a um 
my friend Mike as a gift. He gave me an I Love Lucy Barbie doll, which I, mm -hmm. I have. Um, but um, yeah, okay, cool. Retro fan. And Mark, do you have anything uh, coming up? I do. Um, I've just finished editing a new anthology uh, based on my old Death Realm magazine. This one is called mm -hmm. Death Realm Spirits, and uh, it's 20 stories is coming out from uh, shortwave books. Actually, I believe the day before the weird cat, it's uh, October 17th is the due date. And it's got uh, uh, quite a few, uh, you know, well-known contemporary writers. We've got uh, Joe Lansdale, Brian Keene, uh, Elizabeth Massey, um, Jessica Salmonson, uh, Maurice brought us. Oh my God, I'd have to go through that. We've got a big list of very uh, noteworthy contributors. Uh, so, and I'm, and the stories are awesome. So that's coming out uh, next month. Awesome. All right. Well, October, I should say. October. And work and people can get this on Amazon. It or will be. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, okay. through shortwave. It'll be uh, uh ebook and trade paperback. Okay, great. Well, keep your eyes out for, uh, for, all of these amazing things that uh, both yeah, there we there we go the weird cat I will definitely put a link to that Very in the show well. notes wow cool I gotta get I gotta get my hands on one of those too uh, I look forward to reading that um, and please uh, do check out the weird cat um, and keep up with uh, Mark and Catherine I will put links to both of their websites in the show notes uh, so you can keep up with what they're doing uh, and uh, I certainly look forward to the inevitable dark shadows anthology that's going to yeah. contain your <laughs> short stories that ha that has to happen i will yes, will it into it existence <laughs> awesome thank you so much to both of you thank you <laughs> and for as long as they lived the dark shadows never truly vanished for there will always be terror at collinwood terror at collinwood is a penny dreadful production